Okay, Mike, would you like to pray? Lord, Father, we just thank you this morning that we, <clears throat> we can come to you in your name. Lord, Father, and uh, just thankful, very thankful for your graciousness that draws to yourself and has given us this opportunity. Lord, I ask that you have your way to Ed and through Ed as you open his heart and you open our hearts to participate with you. And we just love you this morning. We thank you. Please protect us all from the enemy as we receive from you in your precious name we pray. Amen. All right. This morning, what I had on my mind and what God put on my heart and my mind this morning was what God does with the word many times and many times he does is he always through the word, the preaching and teaching of it as the Holy Spirit takes the things of Christ and shows them unto us. He answers the questions that we have and are aware of. And then even the future ones that we're not aware of, he can also answer them in that way. And so this morning, what was on my heart was that if anyone has a particular question, a question now, not teaching, but a, a question about a certain portion of the scripture or something that was on your heart, uh, you could let that be known, and then we'll all trust God to give us the answer. The answer, and of course, the answer. And remember, this is part of participating and being a joint that supplies in Ephesians 4 and verse 16. So, and, and we all have these questions. We're all learning, all of us, no matter what stage of growth we're in. So be a joint that supplies. If you do have a question or a certain issue of a question in your heart uh, and you seek wisdom, then we can go to God for that this morning. If you have that, anyone have a question? Interesting. Okay. So anyway, Mike had a question and Jody all answered it. <laughs> yeah, and that's an important, that's an important question, Mike. It really is. You know, it's very, very important, you know. And, uh, and, and as you said, too, these opportunities that God gives us, you know. And I, ju I just think for us, for us, and when I say us, I'm talking about us here and, and Housatonic, Great Barrington, Berkshire area, and those that are in the Texas Burleson area, I believe, honestly, that he has that counsel for all of us. And so... <laughs> Taking advantage of those opportunities is very important. It really is. It's very, very important. More important than, than any of us could really realize. And again, not, we don't realize anything with condemnation and guilt, but we do realize it as we rest in his love. And the opportunity that God gives us is to be able to do that experientially, to rest in his love. And that is Ephesians 5 and verse 16. It says, redeeming the time. And when it says that, he's saying that to each of us. As we make ourselves available to come and hear the word of God, God is able to redeem the time in us experientially. As far as our position is concerned, that's been dealt with. But Ephesians 5 verse 16 says, redeeming the times because the days are ponderous evil, evil in active opposition to God's design for you and I in Christ, which has to do with our image, which has to do with the will of God and the purpose of God and the work of God being manifested in the individual that takes the opportunity to actually come and hear the word of God. What this brings to my mind very clearly, and I mean honestly, it really does. I Honestly, and this is without an ounce of condemnation or guilt towards any that are in Christ. I don't know how people blow off these opportunities. I just don't. Now, some, of course, are led to do other things. Of course, I understand that, you know. But this falls, the opportunity falls in place with to him that knows to do good. 
In other words, God will make it known that we're to come in here. He'll make that known to us very clearly. He will in James 4, 17. And to him that knows to do good and does it not. To him, it's sin. And, and that's the poneros in Ephesians 5 and verse 16. That's the poneros evil that's an act of opposition to God's divine will, which has to do with our image in Christ and the very word that he is, that he, he desires to manifest in these br brand new revelations. And the revelation doesn't change, but the light of it increases. And so when it says that in Ephesians 5 and verse 16, redeem the time, he's talking to us as individuals to take the opportunity to hear the word of God and the enemy, enemy for any of us. When we, this is what makes it so important not to go by our feelings or thoughts outside the word of God, because that would be just the flesh that's in us that we're not of. And when I don't submit my will without condemnation, without guilt, because there's none in his love for us, then the enemy activates the flesh. And the activation of the flesh does away with the active energy of God's love that he desires to flow through grace so that we can experience it and redeem from that ponderous evil experientially because we've already been delivered positionally. We've already been delivered positionally from that. And I, again, the thing, the thing that this is, brings to my mind in my own life is what God is doing in me is he's redeeming the time in me. Why? Because if the time was short in, in the day of Paul, in 1 Corinthians 7, 29, and again, when it says that, the time, it says the time is shortened. That's what Jesus was expressing in John 12, 35 and 36. A little while you have the light. Submit to it. Come. Take, take opportunity to receive it, lest darkness come upon you and you stumble. The enemy's greatest lie constantly that he has towards believers, those that are precious in God's sight, being in Christ, is to tell them they have more time to be obedient. They have more time. It's the greatest lie. It's the greatest lie. To tell them they have more time. The word of God is the most important thing. It is the most important thing. Otherwise, we don't even realize, even though we are saved, we don't even realize it experientially to the degree that we are, to the absolute degree that we are. I, for the life of me, uh, I, I don't understand, you know? And, and, and the understanding is obviously that the enemy constantly, constantly, See, this is what is so dangerous for me, for Ed, to function in the flesh. Because I will get every excuse from the enemy that it doesn't have to be Christ. It's just me. That's John 15, 22. Christ did away with every cloak and every single excuse. Some say, oh, it's my schedule. It's my job. It's this. It's that. Really? Really? I'll say this, and I'll only say this by God's grace. I can only say it in myself, and I say it to me, too. But I can say for us, the way that God has done this unique thing between us here and those that are in Texas is he's done away with every excuse without any question about it. And I don't care who it is. It doesn't make any sense. Now, even still, even still, if we don't, now here's what can happen too. Now, if God, without condemnation and without guilt or accusation, he leads us to come and hear the word of God. Now, he knows those that he's leading, when they can come and when they can't. He knows that. And those that can't still have the opportunity to hear the word of God on the website. And again, that's, that web, it's extremely important, the website. Very important because it has to do with people's lives. So to have anything to do with that at all is of the utmost extreme importance. There is absolutely no question about it. There's no question about it. But again, so those that can come and do come receive. Those that know that they should come, but don't and just feel that they can just listen and they can still, that they can still listen to that message will get less than those that 
that came when they should have come. There's no question about it. There's absolutely no question. And in other words, living in disobedience. Now, God, God can come in and redeem the time. I am a perfect example of that. I am a pattern and an example of that at 71 years of age where God is so redeeming the time in my life. Areas where I functioned in ponderous evil, ignorantly or rebelliously or stubbornly in 1 Samuel 15 and verse 23. There's absolutely no question about it. And then the other side of it is when we come and hear the word, how we have to come prepared and ready and humble to receive it. Because if I'm not with a submitted will, then in Hosea 4 and verse 6, it says, Jesus, uh, the Lord speaking through the prophet, the Holy Spirit speaking through the prophet Hosea to, to a backslidden nation said, my people are, are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because you've rejected me. I'll reject you from reigning. And what he was saying there, it's not that they didn't have the knowledge. It's that they had it and they resisted it. And the enemy will give an excuse, which is nothing more than a lie, why I can't do it. There's no question about it. Whatever, whatever we put ahead of Christ, whatever we put ahead of his word, and known obedience, again, and God knows when and where, is an idol. And we know what's behind idols. All through the scriptures, it's a demonic force that's behind those idols. How else can we know what sin is? How else, truthfully, how else can we know what it means to be in Christ? How else will it know how we know the difference between the flesh and between, between and, and who we are in Christ with a proper identity and image without constantly hearing the word of God and being settled for less? It doesn't even make any sense. And God is making sense in me with this. I'm, I'm, and and He's making sense in this in me like never before. And Galatians 5.1, for freedom's sake, Christ has set you free, so be free. But here's the way. Here's the way. Walk in it in Isaiah 30 and verse 21. You ought to walk. If you say you abide in him, you ought to walk like him. This is experiential truth. Positionally, it's done. But our growth in 2 Peter 3 and verse 18 has to do with that walk. In 1 John 2 and verse 6, he that says he abides in him, and, that, and the abiding, if you follow it all the way back to, the, to 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it's talking about a continual fellowship and communion of which sin, the least sin, will interrupt completely. The least sin. Boy, thank God, through the Holy Spirit, he can check the least little area the least little area. And that goes into Ephesians 4 and verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit, by and through which you are sealed uh, until the day of redemption. And what that's teaching is, is that when we live in the flesh, the Holy Spirit is not able to take the things of Christ in John 16, 13, and 14 and show them unto us. God has specific counsel for us. And this is what I firmly believe. I firmly believe that between us here, because why else would God be doing this? God doesn't do anything haphazardly. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do it in an ambiguous way, a way that's shadowy. He does it very clear and concise. There's a reason this is going on. And it goes on for those that are here and those that are in Texas. It just does. And that's the opportunity. And that's why he's given some pastors. In this way, that's the way he's doing it. Because of time and because of space, yes, but he's still redeeming the time by giving us these opportunities. Husbands, encourage your wives. I want to say that crystal clear. Husbands, encourage your wives and your children. Be an, initi be an initiator as you're initiated, right? All of us. Be an initiator. Be an initiator. Don't allow in them the enemy to use an excuse, no matter what they're going through, the reason why they can't come and hear the word of God. This is true for me. It's true for everybody. Husbands, take initiation. Cut the TV off in the home. 
Get the word going. Get the word going. And never mind the noise of the atmosphere blowing through those things that we sit down and, and give our time to more than Christ and his word. There's no question about it. But you know why? The time is short. And 1 Corinthians 7, 29, it's shortened. We don't know how many days we have. You look at James 4, 13, 14, and 15. You look at it. You know, we don't know our days, but how should we spend them in Psalm 90, verse 12? How should we? Do we know the end of our days? In Psalm 39, 1 through 5, do we know the end of them? No, we don't. The enemy says, oh, you have more time to be obedient. What is delayed? Uh, 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 what is delayed obedience? Obedience put off. It's called sin. And what is sin? Seriously, sin is evil. Psalm fifty-one and verse four. And we blow over that like it's nothing. You know why? Because the will is not submitted in the way that it should be, in the way that God has already given the light, previous light. You can't go forward without taking heed to that light that you were given. There's just no going forward in that way. We need to encourage one another. We really do. We need to encourage one another. Just think of the things that we do. Don't even think about in areas. I remember as a kid, I wouldn't miss work for anything, even when I was sick, because I knew I was, I was going to miss money. And we'll do that all day long. But what about the word? What about Christ? What about him that's true in us? And all he wants to do, Holy Spirit, by taking the things of Christ in 1 John 5.20, is to show us the thing that's true in us. And then the enemy has the idols. And an idol is anything that competes with Christ in us. As, listen, his vessel. We're not our own. Oh, really? No, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 16, based upon 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 3. There's absolutely no question about it. We're not our own. Furthermore, in Psalm 31 and verse 15, our times are in his hand. They're in his hand. And what that means is these are the times and the opportunities when we should come and hear the word. There's no question about it. Faith, faith, dependence. Listen, listen. And, and I'm listening with you when I <laughs> believe, believe me. In Hebrews 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Dependence comes by hearing and not just hearing it, but submitting to it instantly so that we don't live in delayed obedience and put a schedule. I wouldn't put a work schedule ahead of this for anything, not for a thing. And I wouldn't allow those that I love graciously and, and growingly to do away with it for any excuse whatsoever, whatsoever. And don't we think that even God could arrange our schedules and even the things that would be irritating in that schedule, if we just submitted to him, he would clear the way. That's what Isaiah, listen, Isaiah 30 verse 18 says he's waiting to be gracious. You know what that speaks of a lot of times? That's, that's our delayed disobedience. That is disobedience, delayed obedience. He's waiting to be gracious, not to condemn us. And that's where you're going to hear a word behind you saying, don't turn to the left. Oh, I got to do this. Don't turn to the right. But you're going to hear a word behind you saying, this is the way walk you in it. What's it teaching there? In Isaiah 30, verse 21, about how we go through spiritual warfare in Ephesians 6, 10 to 18, right into the 19th verse. That's precisely what it says. You see, the only thing we're taking off this earth is what Christ, who Christ is and what we allowed him to do in us. And that we take to the Bema seat, which is not a judgment seat. It's a manifestation seat without any question. 2 Corinthians 5.10, again, uh, Romans 14.10 through 12, 1 Corinthians 3.13 to 15. It is a manifestation seat. Seat has nothing to do with condemnation, but revelation and gain of rewards. Gain, we're not listen, we're not taking the greenbacks, the dollars with us to heaven. We're not taking the cars, the houses, the gold chain. I don't care what the, the jewelry. Furthermore, in Isaiah 2 and verse 20, those that have that gold and silver that continue to live in an unsaved state and rejected him, 
hide in the caves when he comes back because of the wrath. And they throw the gold and the silver. It's not doing them any good. Throws it to the bats and the moles. And you know probably what they do on it. Because it's useless to them. My word. I, listen, I wouldn't miss it. I am telling you, I, I learned, I, seriously, I learned as a kid. Had it driven in my head. You don't miss work for anything. Unless you're in a hospital, <laughs> you know, or you're in an ambulance ride. You don't miss work. And it drilled it. Yeah, because work means money. And do we serve God or mammon? Mammon in, in Matthew 6 and verse 24. You cannot serve both. You cannot and I cannot serve both. No. For where your treasure is in Matthew 6, 21, what you treasure, there will your heart be, your mind be also. Your mind's going to be after those things. And everything about it is, everything about us right here is preparing us for a face-to-face meeting in our eternal fellowship. Face-to-face, 1 Corinthians 13, 12. Face-to-face, intense fellowship with him in greater degrees, some greater, some lesser, in Revelations 2 and verse 17. All are born again. All are clean and pure. But what is the depth of the fellowship that we will all experience individually with Christ in Revelations 2 and verse 17? What is it? And we will experience it, thank God, without interruption, without distraction. And we need to look away. Men, initiators, husbands, look away from all that would distract unto Jesus. Unto Jesus. How many times would you go to work if you're sick or you're in constant pain? How many times would you still go to work? And yet it's an excuse at times for any of us not to come and hear the word of God. Because it has to do with submission. Submission has to do uh, hearing has to do with submission. Really, what it says in Romans 10 and verse 17 in the Koine Greek New Testament is dependence comes by hearing, hearing by the message. That's what it says. The message. And the message in, the message in Romans 10 and verse 17 has to do with a specific man of God that God has raised up himself for us, and that's in Romans 10 and verse 14. How are they going to hear? Well, how will they hear and submit to something without a pastor? Yeah, and if they have them and they still don't come, then how do they hear? Humility teaches dependence, and boy, what are we like without it? Without it. And the preaching of the word, too, without condemnation or accusation will clear up any really, really evil and bad negative attitudes and emotions that we may have because their thoughts aren't Christ, because the will is not submitted. No question about it. And this is true. This is true for me. It's true for any of us. And, and again, there are times when we can't. And God knows. But he'll always, wherever we are, when we're in obedience, he will always give us peace and give us rest. But when we should. And I really think a lot more should. Because, you know how I know? I know that in myself at 71. And by the grace of Almighty God, beginning, and I mean by his pure, unadulterated grace of God, as he stored up his word in me. But that started when I just turned 23. And he had, by, he had me by his grace with my nose in that book, even at an early age and working hard physical work, yet my nose, he had my nose in that book because I knew. And I know in an even more, with greater light, what I'm like without it, without submitting to it. I know it crystal clear. And some will say this, and some say this in places. We have enough word where we are here. We don't need it anywhere else. Pride, arrogance, speaking corruptly, Ephesians 4.29, privately interpreting the scriptures, in 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21, a young person saying they don't need an older person in the word of God because they have enough. Really? God, God deliver us all from that. God deliver us all, me and all of us from that. 
How about Ephesians 5 and verse 21, submitting to one another in the reverence of Christ in the individual. And that's why Christ is called reverend. No man is called that in Psalm 111, verse 9. Holy and reverend in his name. Period. Not some man's name. But we can reverence Christ in the vessel and have a pure Christian walk as we're on our way. And some are on our way. Some are closer to that mountain height in his presence than a lot others. And it doesn't matter what your age is. Only God knows that. And so we're to redeem the time because the days are evil, infectious evil in God, against God's will and his word against Christ in us as individuals. That's what that starts. Ephesians 5.16 starts with us. Do we think we can skip areas of obedience and be used by God to give without intimacy and fellowship with him because of delayed obedience, which is disobedience? And God will blow that off after what his son has gone through and what he paid for on the cross. For a second will he? Absolutely not. God will never give us grace to live in disobedience and that sin. In Romans 6, 1 and in Romans 6, 15, in Romans 3, verse 8, should I do evil that good may abound? Should I? Could I? These little subtle attitudes that we have, those are the little foxes in Song of Solomon 2 and verse 15 that spoil the vine. The fruit, the fruit from growth, that's talking about growth in 2 Peter 3 and verse 18. That's what it's talking about. The word is very, very important. Listen, I can't say it enough. Husbands, men, lead by example. It's not what we say that teaches. It's what we do. Because if I say something and don't do it, the don't do it teaches and gives others the same excuse that we live in. About, about done with it. And I'm saying these things because, number one, I need the purity of Christ in me. And I will tell you this. I need the purity of Christ in others as a joint that supplies. We need to wake up. Listen, read Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Read it all the way up to verse 13. What, what, is, what discovers, and I'll read it right here. Listen, here it is. This is Ephesians 5. Now, remember, I asked if any had any questions or comments. Again, this has absolutely nothing to do literally with a prepared message or anything that I was even, God was even counseling with me about these hours early this morning. This is Ephesians 5, and you can see it. Verse 1, be you therefore followers of God. That means he has a specific place for you to realize and receive what is yours in Christ that he, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will give you as dear children, dearly beloved and walk in love. So what is my option? Walking in the flesh or walking in love? As Christ also loved us and has given himself. He has given himself. What is it that we have to give him? That's Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, Really, which is your only reasonable, which is the only sense that it makes, which is your reasonable service or proper worship. And then and by that way, you won't be conformed to this world, but instead you'll be transformed, transliterated by the renewing of your mind. And this goes into Ephesians 4 and verse 23. And it happens to be that way, showing us the difference in, he, in Ephesians 4, 20 to 24, because the 23rd verse, the renewing, is putting off the old. How do I know I'm even functioning if I don't come and hear the word? What do I have to put off? Renewing of your minds. And walk in love, Ephesians 5, 2, as Christ loved us, has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication, spiritual fornication, going out, living in disobedience, it's called spiritual fornication. That's what it is. And all uncleanness. We just, that's just not sexual sins. 
That's the impurity of the world in any form that we put ahead of Christ. And, or covetousness. Covetousness. Exodus 20 and verse 17. <laughs> Those 10 Hebrew words in Exodus 23 to 17 end with, about, with, with what covetousness? 12 to 17 in Exodus 20. Or covetousness. Listen to what it says. Let it not be once named. And think of the things that we blow off. The enemy will give us excuses to do it by activating the flesh in disobedience. As once named among you as become saints, who you truly are separated in John 17, 17, because Christ himself was, and he did it for you in 17, verse 9 of John, and for all of us, and neither filthiness. Again, this is not just sexual sins and perversion. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking. Boy, as men, boy, I want to tell you what. He'll use that one in a heartbeat with us. Especially those that, are, like all of us, that have been deeply taught through the word. Listen, and to make it okay. No. Foolish talking. What is foolish talking? Ephesians 4.29. Corrupt communication. Nor jesting. Nor jesting. Oh, boy. Which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks for this. This you know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Now, that's for the unsaved. But we can live like that experientially. Let no man deceive you. That starts with ourselves, guys. Men. Let no man deceive you. Who's that? The man of the flesh. That's in us, Romans 8. Nine that we're not of. Men. Husbands. Be initiators. Be initiators. And boy, is this speaking to me. Let no man deceive you. Because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Here is unbelief. Now, is, is God's wrath coming upon us? No. Positionally. Does it even touch us experientially? No, through a lie. But that's the flesh. The flesh is the condemned thing that's in us. Where the wrath did away with it. But we come in and the enemy makes the lie. On the children of unbelief, can we live like that? Can I live like the unsaved? The resistance of the word and disobedience? I don't have to listen to them. They're not the only ones. Okay, maybe I'm not. Maybe we are to each other. Maybe. Who are they? The children of unbelief. Listen to what it says. Be not you, therefore, partakers with them. You allowing that in your life? If you don't allow it in your life, don't allow it from others in your life. Because there's no fellowship there, 1 John 1, 1 to 3 and 4. There isn't. For you sometime, you were sometimes darkness. You functioned in it. But now you are light. In the Lord, walk as children of the light, which is Christ, obviously, in each of us as individuals. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness. Is there any good outside of God? Listen, and I did study this this morning. Listen, is there any true reality outside of who Christ is? And for that to be experienced, that reality, there has to be grace, because no one deserves it. And that's what gives us the opportunity. And that's why the humble hear thereof in Psalm 34 and verse 2, 1 Peter 5 and verse 6, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Those are the ones that he uses. That's what that's teaching, by the way, if you, wanna, if you and I want to know what that teaches. First, 1 Peter 5 and verse 6, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you, not the one that's doing the preaching, or the word that's full, that he may exalt you, so that you can, because you have an enemy. So you need to cast all your care upon him because otherwise you won't without submission. I don't have to come. I don't have to hear. Hey, 
All right, they're not the only ones. Okay, who do they think they are? Well, truthfully, and without him, zero. <laughs> no, nothing without him. I don't know a single thing without him in constant dependence and obedience. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all righteousness, all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving what is acceptable unto Lord. Proving, what's that? Well, that's, listen, husbands, men, initiators, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, study to show yourself approved unto God. That's why you go to the scriptures. And then if it's going to, if he gives you opportunity and certain gifts you have for it to flow out to others, yes. But first and foremost, and that's spoken from an apostle to a young pastor, it's true for all of us in principle, study to show yourself approved unto God. But that doesn't mean, because that's spoken from an apostle to a pastor, that I can bypass Ephesians 4, 8, and 11. Pastors and teachers that God has given with Hebrews 13, 17. And he's given them to us specifically. So to deny them is to deny God. To resist them is to resist God. And by the way, if any of them need correction, believe me, oh boy, can God do it. And he will do it. And he will, and he will continue to do it. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. <laughs> Study. To show yourself approved unto God. That doesn't mean doing it on your own either, by the way. He, he, listen, even a pastor teacher, he's not doing it on his own. He is not. He's just as much a sheep and a body member as anybody else. There's no question about it. None whatsoever. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that... Needs not be ashamed. The enemy wants you to resist and give you every excuse why you can't come to the Lord because he wants to keep you in a place of condemnation and shame. So for me desiring others to come is because in the purity of Christ is because I love them and their joints that supply to me and it's for their sake. I don't want them to come because I'm a yes man and I want them to submit to me. No. Have you ever heard that accusation? <laughs> Here it is. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have, listen, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. That starts in me as an individual. And that's who I'm with. That is who I'm with. No wonder we should keep a quick, short account in 1 John 1 9 so that we can continue. Even, even ignorantly, but not leading to sin, it is anticipative love and it's convenient grace of dealing with certain things that need to be dealt with in James 4 and verse 17 to keep me in a protective place to continue to be kept and protected by future sins, of which, again, all our sins in one sense have are future and have been paid with by Christ. But when I live in what he's paid for, it interrupts, never touches my position. Remember, sin never does that. Touches my position in Christ. This is based upon 1 John 5 and verse 18. But it does interrupt my fellowship with him. It does. No question about that. So we're going to close this this morning here. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Really? You mean, if it's a believer living in sin, you condemn them? No. You just tell them lovingly, I love you, but I can't fellowship with you right now. I just can't. I can't. Because, it, because Christ not only wants first place in my life, he wants it in every place and in every relationship, especially between believers. What's the word of God worth to us? Let's think of it. What is the word of God and the teaching he gives us? What, what value do we put on that? Is anything more valuable? That can interrupt a lot of things. Spending time and finances and you name it. What's the word of God worth, us, worth to us? What is it worth to us? Excuses, excuses, excuses. 
Oh, Lord, help us. But rather reprove them. Listen, for it is a shame even to speak of those things. Okay, that's going right back to Ephesians 5, 1, 2, 4. Even to speak of those things, listen to this, which are done of them in secret. Yeah, secret to God in Psalm 90, verse 8. Who's everywhere present in Proverbs 5, verse 21, and Jeremiah 23, 24. Really? Never. Never. Wherefore, because of this, because what so, so it says here, but all things are reproved that are reproved. Reproved here means discovered. You know why some don't want to come and hear the word? Because it will, it will discover to themselves and make it crystal clear what they already know in terms of areas of living in lust of the flesh. But God forbid it in me, and he does. But all things that are discovered are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever does make manifest is light. And what he's revealing to the Christian is not to condemn them. It's to take them out of that place of condemnation and shame and guilt and accusation. That's exactly. And so light, if it's light, where did the light come out of? Where did Christ, who is the light in John 8, 12, where did he come out of? It came out of him who's love, this loving, intimate relationship. That's what he desired. What would we give that up for? What would we give up for the preaching and teaching of this word? We just get familiar with it? Just because we have it a lot? God can fix that real quick, too. Boy, he can take it away. Boy, and I don't want that. Oof. I'm talking for me personally. I don't want that. But all things that are reproved are discovered and made manifest by the light. For whatsoever does manifest, make manifest as light. Wherefore, he says, awake you that sleeps. He's talking to the Christian, living in the sleeping passivity and so-called energy of the world. Think about what we use our energy for in terms of self versus Christ and the word and fellowship and the body of Christ. Time is short. Time is short. Time is going to eventually be over for some as they go into eternity. Revelations 10 and verse 6. Then they enter into the fixedness of eternity in Revelations 22 and verse 11. And for us in Christ, it does enter into personal, intimate fellowship with him in Revelations 2 and verse 17. But I don't know about you. I want to have a deep, deep fellowship with him. And I want him to redeem the time in my life in which he's doing. In a, in a beautiful and incredible way through his precious grace in an unbelievable way. So we're going to close here. Wherefore, he says, awake you that sleep, just like the world. Love not the world. Listen to me. It's music. It's beats. Yes, I said it. I'm saying it again. Some don't like it. doesn't matter. Like isn't in the Bible. Love is. Love is, and that includes the beats, and I do want to make that crystal clear. Crystal clear what, what gains my attention, what gains control of my body. It's called beats, biorhythms, not just the words. I want to make that crystal clear this morning. Very crystal clear. This is where we get the messages. This is where. And if it's a godly song, it's going to be with a godly beat. This is where we get these messages. Nothing else substitutes it, by the way. Wherefore, he says, awake you that sleep and arise from the dead, spiritually dead, and Christ will give you light. Then you'll see, you'll see then that you can walk circumspectly, not as fools, self-confidence, uh, Proverbs 18, 1 and 2, verses, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 34 to 36, specifically 35 to 30, to the end of the chapter. In Hebrews 10, 35 to 39, our confidence. And don't cast away your confidence. And that's what you do, and that's what we do when we don't come to hear the word, when we have the opportunity. Enough. God, how many times we set things up, even between us and here, and the money that's put into it, and the time that's put into it, 
And then we have huh, those that are still sleeping. Husbands, fathers, dads, initiate properly to your families. This starts, and I'm talking with me, and coming here and coming out here. It's not bypassing. Where he says, awake you from sleep and arise from the dead. Christ will give you life. Then you will see that you walk circumspectly, not as a fool, but as wise. Fools make a market sin. Did you know that? That goes into, again, Ephesians 5, 1 to 4. It's okay to do that. No, fools make a market sin. Read Proverbs 14, verse 9. It's not okay, young men. It's not okay, young men, to do that. You're not expressing who you are in Christ. You're expressing the flesh, and you want others to submit to it and accept it. Have no unfruitful, have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness to protect yourself. He that walks with wise men will be wise, in Proverbs 13, 20. But a, but com, a, a company and a companion of fools will experience destruction, their capacity for the word. No question about it. There's absolutely no question about it. Enough of these excuses. Wherefore, he says, awake you that sleep, Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as a fool, but as wise. Now here, redeeming the time. Because the cause, the cause is God's love against evil. The cause, because, because, be in his cause of love. Because the days are evil. And then closing, wherefore, stop being unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And here, this is in a spiritual sense, but it's in a very physical sense also. And be not drunk with wine. You and I think we need wine to be comfortable and settled? It's a lie. It's a lie. And don't buy it. And don't listen to anybody. Tell them to read Habakkuk 2 and verse 15. Yeah, tell them to read that. Proverbs 20, verse 1. Proverbs 23, 31. Go ahead. Well, where you get your wisdom, young man? I'll tell you where mine is. It's in the word of God. You need to submit to the word of God and submit to those that God has given you because they're his guides as he's guiding them and dealing with them. No question about it. Again, Hebrews 13, 17. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instead, speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns. This all has to do with the word of God. And by the way, when it says psalms, psalms and hymns, hymns, it always proper worship music is glorifying God through Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit, and it includes a beat. Completely different than the world. You don't need it to teach you anything. Fooey. Fooey on that. Be not drunk with wine or in his excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to yourself. This goes into Psalm 16, 6 and 7. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here we go. Don't resist it. Don't allow the enemy to resist it. Submitting yourselves one to another in the reverence of God Almighty in each. And this is why I desire, especially men that know better, especially men to have fellowship, because I need to submit to them because they have a portion to give me. Even if they don't say anything, we have this. And Father, we thank you for the preciousness of your word, your loving conviction. Thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Anyone does any have any questions or comments? Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> oh boy. Oh Lord. I I just get the word. For me personally, I get the word in the morning. 
and God is lovingly correcting me and chastising me and giving me the beauty of his word the whole morning, the whole time. And I'm like in awe and just like, and then by the time it comes, okay, now you're going to share the word. I'm like, oh God, I don't have anything. I can, I can assure you, I don't have anything, God. But he does. And that's why even at times when, when his love comes out with such a force of conviction that I guarantee you, and I tell you, it is not me. <laughs> it just isn't, you know. So. It's awesome. <laughs> so, are there any, any questions or comments? Any from anyone? Just so clear, like, you know, the message, what his initiation this morning is, is for us to live without shame. You know, it's and, up for us. and then, you know, just because he doesn't want to have it, he doesn't want to have it with him and he doesn't want it to have it with each other. Oh, no. Yeah. No, so. because we, we all have portions that are necessary that he's given for us, but it comes through a vessel and there's humility. Yeah. Believe me, it's not just the pastor teacher. That's why Christ is the head of that local assembly. Not man. Oh, no, man. That yeah. man is the Holy Spirit from taking the things of Christ and showing them unto us in a proper way. Then we end up submitting to the man. Yeah. Oh, and then we see his failures, and then, oh, my God. And that's the evidence right there. Oh, my God, it's the evidence. And it teaches us. You know, the, the Hebrew word for understanding is learning through the sins and so-called mistakes of others and our own. Yep. You, know, you and I, in our relationships, we can't tell, we can't say that we haven't learned from, without accusation or condemnation, what, of the failures of each other and learn by them. Come on. Amen. Every time you say it, you know, I've learned from you. And, and I know what you're saying, too. It's not just the preaching and teaching of the word. It's the failures and the so-called mistakes and sins. Yeah, absolutely. But never yeah. held against us. And we don't know each other after the flesh in 2 Corinthians 5. It's awesome. Boy, I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you. You know, yeah, we, we do this thing and set this up, and, you know, where's the men? Yeah, where's the men? Where are they? Some think what a schedule they have. They're so busy. Oh, stop it. Really? Come on. Ridiculous. It is. It's totally ridiculous. And, again, this is like, this is... Knowing the opportunities that we have and God making it known to us and still rejecting it. But there's other times we can, of course. God knows that. 